It's time for Talking Michigan Transportation, a podcast devoted to the conversations with people at the forefront of the ongoing mobility revolution. In the state that put the world on wheels, here's your host, MDOT Communications Director, Jeff Cranson. So once again, this is the Talking Michigan Transportation podcast, our last podcast for 2020. I guess in some ways that's not so bad because it's a year for many reasons we might want to forget. But we're trying to focus on some of the good things that happened in spite of the pandemic and uh, what MDOT was able to accomplish. So today I'm speaking with our director, Paul Ajiba, who's going to talk about some of those highlights and what we were able to do uh, and across the state. So director, thanks for taking time to do this. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Let's talk a little bit about uh, this kind of dovetails with a year on video that uh, our staff put together. Um, looking at projects throughout the state and some of our accomplishments. I think uh, probably the biggest thing, obviously, is the first bonding project uh, from the governor's $3.5 billion rebuilding Michigan plan. Uh, we were able to uh, get a section of 496, a, a really, as somebody who drove it often, I can say a really bad section of 496 replaced west of Lansing. Um, talk about that project that, that used to be your region. So how important was that? Yes, um, again, thanks for having me. It, it's been a very uh, challenging but successful year. Um, as you know, we started the, the year off talking about uh, transportation funding. Uh, the State Transportation Commission approved a $3.5 billion bond and we got off to a good start, got excited and started uh, working on how we're gonna implement this this. Uh, challenge that is in front of us and then COVID hit. But I will say that even with COVID, I, I cannot say enough about all the hard work that everybody at MDOT's done to adjust to this new way of doing things. And we got a lot of projects out there. Uh, the 496 one you mentioned was the very first one we financed with, with the bond money. It was almost, uh, I think, roughly $50 million project. Rebuilding that stretch of 496 uh, west of Lansing uh, was, I mean, remarkable getting that done in such a record time. Uh, I think we took advantage of the fact that traffic was down and got a lot of work done this year. Uh, one of the things I would also ask about the, the, the bonding is that, um, as you know, I testified in front of the House and Senate, and part of the, the conversation at that time the skeptics were, well, you're going to push all this work out in a short period of time. You're going to have inflation and all, you know, you don't have the labor and everything not to, to get the work done. But we're not seeing that. The, the numbers are coming relatively close to engineers' estimate. And quite frankly, most of the ones we've put out there so far, the numbers are below the engineers' estimate, which is good news. And also, uh, part of that is is the hard work of of our designers and engineers uh, putting things together, and I, I can't be more pleased with what we've done so far. And you think that there's uh, enough competition in the industry, and this has kind of stoked that competition, and that's helping to keep uh, keep the bids down, right? I, absolutely, there's no doubt about it. I think the comp the level of competition is part of why our numbers has, have been relatively good. So that was the, the first project that we were able to, you know, finance um, with, with the bonding plan. Most of that money is going to go to projects that really begin, you know, uh, in earnest this, this coming spring throughout mm -hmm. the state. Um, 
what do you think about uh, you know what what the future holds in terms of of revenues and what we'll be doing uh, with the program going into 2021? Well, if you look at what the governors uh, done, this 3.5 billion dollars couldn't have come at a better time. As I speak to my colleagues in other states, they are cutting pro projects because the, the revenue didn't come in as, as they projected, just like ours didn't, you know, because when the pandemic hit, as you know, the, the uh, driving uh, Michigan went way down. We it was just down as much as 60% early on. Yeah. Exactly. We, we were rebounding around mid-May uh, by Memorial Day. Things were beginning to, to go back up. But that two, three months gap, it's a lot of revenue that we, uh, that we did not generate. So having this, this $3.5 billion uh, bond money has really helped us to kind of uh, you know, keep going. And you know, you say that what do I what do I see coming in the future? I I, I did a, a TV show the other day, and I said 2021 and 2022 is going to be the highest uh, money we've ever spent money in on infrastructure in the state of Michigan. So I, I expect that for the next five years. But my hope is that before we get to the end of that five years, that the legislature would uh, at least uh, work with the governor to pass some kind of a funding package. This is a financing uh, tool. It's uh, Bonding is not a, a permanent solution to a funding problem. So I'm hoping we, we will be able to address that as well. Yeah, that conversation has to continue. And you're right, uh, the, the bonding does uh, maybe cloud that a little bit because we'll be able to, to, to make so many fixes, but it's not a long-term solution. So that's exactly that's got to be the conversation. Well, let's let's talk beyond the bonding projects, some of the other things that uh, you were able to, to celebrate uh, toward the end of the year. A big one, two big ones on the west side of the state, uh, the, the flip, the 196-96, you and the governor were there for that. That was not a bonding plan, but it fit very much with the theme of the Rebuilding Michigan plan in that the idea was to do something and do it right so that we won't be back out there for a major fix for 40 or 50 years. And that's what that reconfiguring uh, from a safety aspect, as somebody who lives in Grand Rapids can tell you, that uh, that, that merge between 96 and 196 in the East Beltline um, was often awkward and precarious, and they've solved that. And they also got new pavement out of it, and you got to you got to see that. Yes, uh, going out there doing the ribbon cutting on that project was a very exciting. I think it was a well overdue project, and I will give the credit to the engineers and the Grand Region for coming up with that with that idea. I you say for somebody who lives in in Grand Rapids. For some of us who don't live in Grand Rapids, but go in there from time to time for meetings and other things, we do experience that. I-96 and 196 coming together, that's, that's a lot of confusion. There congestion in the morning and uh, a.m. Uh, peak hour and, and p.m. So uh, finally coming up with a workable solution for that whole interchange, I think it's, I mean, great, great work and I mean, engineering ingenuity to, to put that together. So I, I'm, I'm really pleased with the work that the, the Grand Region did there. And the 100 over uh, 131 is another uh, 
great accomplishment in Grand The famous 100th Street Bridge. Yes. Exactly. At its own exactly. Facebook page. <laughs> As you know, that, that bridge has been hit 13 times in the last five years. That's that's a lot, a lot of hit. To be able to to get that that bridge uh, reconstructed that quickly and make it a multimodal infrastructure, I think it was uh, was a very good thing. Yeah, the uh, the community is extremely excited about that. We had uh, local legislators there. We had local business people there. Um, uh, Helen Zirup, a state transportation commissioner who owns a trucking firm um, that that goes through that interchange, was very excited about it. And you're right, they were able to add lanes, create turning capacity, and it's going to help some of the businesses in Southern Kent County and Northern Allegan County. So it was it was it was cool. It was uh, it was on the the drawing board anyway. But the region found a way to shuffle some money and, and move it up to get it done. So, yeah, that was an exciting one for 2020. Yes. Um, I think uh, some of the other ones um, talked about progress on the uh, I-75 modernization in, in Oakland County. And uh, you can talk about that a little bit. You're familiar with that from your work over there. Yeah, that, that, that's a $235, $238 million I-75 widening project. That is a, a project that's way overdue. As you know, it's uh, three segmental uh, pieces. Segment one was done uh, a, a few years ago. Segment two started last year, and we just we completed it this year. There's still some, you know, uh, uh, finishing work to do, obviously. But uh, the, the, by the time we finish the punch list item, it'll probably be um, uh, early mid spring next year. But to get all that work done uh, in two years, it's a lot of work. You're rebuilding the Big Beaver Interchange, uh, 14 Mile Road Interchange, and all that, and widening the whole I-75 uh, corridor with all that traffic. It is a lot of work that got done in a very short period of time. I, again, 230 plus million dollar project. I, I think uh, I, I give a lot of credit to the Metro staff for all the hard work they put on it. I drove through there, I think about a, a week or so ago, and I mean, it looks great. It, it's a good project. Well, one of the things that our video highlights is uh, in, in that component of the project is a, a, a really never done before in Michigan drainage tunnel that's gonna be part of that. Uh, can you talk about why that was necessary? That That's for segment three. Um, obviously, uh, we, we we're having a lot of uh, drainage issues out there and being able to build that tunnel. Uh, if you haven't seen, uh, Metro Region does a good job of putting out a, a newsletter about the, the uh, project from time to time. And I always uh, try to take some time and, and, and read it. That is, uh, I mean, amazing uh, project that they're building. That, that tunnel is about 100 foot below the, uh, the, uh, the, the surface and it's, you know, it's just just a great project. And it's going to alleviate some chronic flooding that would happen and, and, and really tie up traffic on those those lanes, right? Exactly. And, that, and that's what I said. You know, we put it in end there because of all the flooding we used to have on, uh, on that corridor. So speaking of flooding and uh, other things, 2020, it's, it, it counts as an accomplishment, although obviously we wish that, you know, we had never had a 500-year flood. But... Uh, you got to uh, go to Midland County a few times, uh, once with the governor when US-10 was restored, and then again uh, to celebrate the opening of a section of M30 that uh, was washed away and, and left a handful of homeowners you know, literally stranded, having to walk across 
the uh, the remnants of the river in order to get anywhere. Um, so yeah, talk a little bit about that and how uh, you know how the governor told you that we got to restore mobility up there, and you marshaled the forces to do that and get it done in a hurry. Yes, um, as you said, this is something we we had we we wish had not happened, but. It, it did. Uh, you had about nine inches of rain in three days, 500-year flood, and it washed away uh, some uh, critical infrastructure out there, US-10 and M-30. Uh, I, I, Bob Rank and Kim Zimmer and all the entire staff at Bay Region, uh, for what they did out there to restore mobility to that community, I mean, it's, it's amazing. But I also, I, I took a step back and, and give the entire MDOT team a lot of credit because you had Matt Chenoweth and his team jump out there, region and Lansing working together to get that done. But it, I have to also take another step back. It goes back to MDOT putting an emergency response guideline together that, hey, we have a bridge hit, this is the template this is the guidelines you use. Pull this off the shelf, call three, four contractors, get them out there on site, then and take it, do a, do a walkthrough, get bids, and get them going right away. So the Bay Region team, they, they, the first was to clear all the debris out there, right? Because, you know, homes and boats and all kinds of stuff was washed away. So they did that, clear, clear all the debris. The next contract, put out there was to have uh, restoring this infrastructure. Pictures doesn't do it justice. You have to go out there and really see how bad, the, how bad this situation was. But to have Matt's team and Bob's team work together to restore mobility to that community in a very short period of time is amazing. The video, there's a couple in that video. I would encourage everybody to, to look at that video they said they, they could not believe them that they did this in, in this many, uh, you know, in such a short period of time because they thought they were going to be shot in during the winter time. Uh, and that was their, their, their fear. To hear your customers say that, uh, I, I think it, is, it speaks volumes on what we have done uh, to, to restore that confidence in the community out there. Well, yeah, and it, it showed the difference, obviously, uh, some projects require a great deal of planning and there's an environmental process and a lot of things that you have to do and that's why they take so long to get from drawing board to actual construction but when there is an emergency like that um, and you you are able and have to respond you can and that's what that demonstrated so exactly very good thing so yeah that's that's pretty much the the big ones i think uh in terms of what we covered in the video and uh I uh, appreciate you taking some time to talk about that and, uh, you know, letting letting folks know how, how you prioritize these things and how it came to be. Is there anything else you want to add in terms of 2020 or looking ahead to 2021? I, I think two, two notable mention will be the, uh, the Cavnil project in, uh, uh, from downtown Detroit all the way to Enabo. Everybody that was involved in that and putting all that together, seeing the governor's vision, and uh, Chairman Ford uh, vision say, let's dedicate a lane out here for CAV. Uh, the, the work to get that going, it, it's, it's I, I can't describe it. Uh, they, all, all the behind the scenes work that 
that went into putting all that together. I think it's it's something to be celebrated. Yeah, you were able to uh, you were able to join the governor and Mayor Duggan and Bill Ford and and others to uh, to celebrate the completion of a contract on that back in August. And so uh, you normally you'd say now the hard work begins, but just getting that contract was pretty hard work. So it was, oh, it was definitely exactly, celebrating. Yeah. Exactly, because it's first of its kind in the world, not just in the United States. And to be able to get it to that point, it's an accomplishment in, it, in itself. And I Absolutely. think the other the other one is the Godhall International Bridge. All the work that's gone into getting there to where we are now, where you start beginning to see uh, piers off the ground uh, on that on that project, it's amazing. A lot of property acquisition went on, clearing and utility relocation. I can go on and on about all the work that's been going on behind the scenes to get to this point. So it's a success story that needs to be celebrated. So here's a question. Are you still going to be director when it opens? <laughs> I, uh, I plan to be around. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks, director. I appreciate you taking time to do this. Thank you, Jeff. That's a wrap for this edition of Talking Michigan Transportation. Check out show notes and more by subscribing on Apple Podcasts.